Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast, live from the Democratic National Convention in beautiful Philadelphia, where, Michael Warren, it's sunny and just a tad warm outside. I, I, I actually thought we weren't in Philadelphia, we were in hell. That hell had risen from, from the ground, and, and, and that's the that's what I'm feeling. Right. I will tell you from the uh, Hillary campaign and Debbie Wasserman <laughs> Schultz's office, this is worse than hell. They, they would take a vacation to hell right now. And this, it really has, I mean, there was definitely some some issue in uh, in uh, Cleveland. You had the uh, demands for some rule changes. Senator Mike Lee did a great interview with our friends at Washington Examiner, really getting depth of the, the fundamental changes they're trying to do. But it, at its worst, it wasn't anything like what we've already seen just in the first few hours of the DNC. No, you're you're absolutely right. The uh, I mean, Republicans are rule followers. They they're sort of the, the the people who fold their hands and say, "Well, this is what we're supposed to do. This is what the grown-ups are telling us to do." Whereas Democrats have no problem, you know, completely disrupting everything. Um, and and if you look at uh, at the folks, and as I watched coming down here to the Wells Fargo Arena from the subway station, there you you sort of walk in this cage uh, of people who have credentials, and just outside the cage are, I can't tell you how many, thousands of Bernie supporters, and they're all chanting and screaming about election fraud, and they're out there in the hot, hot sun, and and these are not people who are ever going to be told, or ever going to listen to, hey, well, it's now it's time for you to sit down and uh, and let's all get together. They don't want to do that. Well, I spent the day actually in the arena with people milling around and then seats. I was there for the moment when Debbie Wiseman Schultz was supposed to gavel in, but she couldn't gavel in because she had been removed from the gavel. So the mayor of Baltimore filled in and then forgot to actually gavel the gaveling. You think when you're gaveling in, it's like it's like going to the wedding and forgetting the I do. Kind of, but what was interesting to me, I, I start off thinking maybe I'll see like three to one Bernie to Hillary, four to one t-shirts Bernie to Hillary, five to one, six, seven. I couldn't find a one for Hillary. There's an amazing lack of pro-Hillary uh, passion or feel in this in this place and this and it's her convention. Am I wrong? Well, let's compare again the Republican convention to to the Democratic one right now. There were a lot of Trump supporters there, uh, a, a, a smattering, maybe even a good uh, bunch of uh, crew supporters. But uh, the the fact is is that it was mostly Trump supporters. You could see that by the hats that they were wearing, "Make America Great Again," the green hats and all that sort of thing. Here, you know. 40% of the delegates are Bernie supporters. I mean, a huge chunk of them are here, and they're not, well, we supported Bernie in the primary, but we're really, I'm with her sort of types. They're the, they're the types who who actually made it in from the cage and made it into the arena, and they're here, and that and that's what they care about. I wonder, I've been uptown a little bit, sort of uh, uh, milling around, seeing some of the other events and stuff. I'll, I wonder if a lot of the Hillary delegates aren't even down at Wells Fargo yet. There's other kinds of parties and events and uh, sort of state-level uh, delegation breakfasts and lunches. Um, I don't know if if they're even all here yet. So maybe that's what you're seeing. But the fact is, is that the Bernie supporters are here, and they're not going to go anywhere, and they're mad. And, th- and that's why we're going to see a lot of disruption, I think, this week. Okay, I'm going to force you to do something you don't want to do, Michael Warren, and stop talking about the Bernie supporters who are— because you want to talk about them because they're passionate, they're fun. I saw a guy wearing a Bernie cape. You know, Just one guy? <laughs> You see, you know, people covered in Bernie. Cl- I mean, they, right. that's where the passion is. But I'm going to make you talk about uh, the woman who polls show has a very good chance of being the next president of the United States, Hillary Clinton. Her campaign is supposed to be um, three yards in a cloud of dust. No fun to watch. Grind it out. 
and instead it has been fumble rooski all the way through. And this Debbie Washman Schultz thing is just a, we'll talk about the ultimate unforced error, the, the being caught red-handed with you know a, a, a fudging. A la the new chairwoman of the DNC, <laughs> Congresswoman Fudge, fudging the uh, the primaries. But then you explain this to me. And so you take this woman who's been disgraced, who was booed out of her own Florida delegation's breakfast meeting, right. and you make her the face of your campaign, the honorary chairwoman of your campaign. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm lost. I'm totally lost. Yeah, you, you do have to wonder, you know, we've talked a lot about, uh, is Trump actually a secret agent trying to uh, <laughs> trying to hand the election to Hillary? you got to wonder after this last couple of days, if it's not the other way around, that Hillary's actually trying to hand the election to the guy who invited uh, her to her, his wedding, Donald Trump. So, I don't know. I mean, it, it really is uh, kind of incredible, the amount of dysfunction that's going on here. What does it say to you though that the Hillary campaign would make such a such an apolitical I mean, they, they know right. what they're doing is not popular this isn't a mistake they know they're going to take a punch right. is it that they're so arrogant that they honestly believe that Trump is so unelectable that they can pretty much just do what they want or is it the, the world's hugest tin ear is it something else is it, is it is it a message to the grind that out three yard team she's got I will be loyal to you don't, don't worry you just go in and execute deliver the busfuls of voters right. and I don't and I won't. I care. You don't have to be good. Just be loyal. Is it some something like I think that? I think it's a combination of that. I think she's running a, uh, ironically, for a very liberal politician, a very conservative campaign. A sort of uh, we're the readout here of uh, civility, of sort of normal politics as normal, and uh, we're not going to let any of this stuff phase us. And in fact, we're going to give a big fu to all of uh, the people who are trying to do that. Which is, which is, I think, what you're what you're uh, putting your finger on with this Debbie Wasserman Schultz decision. So, uh, look, I think that uh, this is the way they view the election, that it's basically something where they do have to grind it out. They just have to make Donald Trump uh, about as scary as a uh, possibility for president as possible. You saw that with Bernie Sanders' speech today to where he got booed uh, by his supporters at a rally here in Philadelphia, uh, where he even sort of made the case that, look, whatever we think about Hillary Clinton, Donald Trump is terrible and he cannot be president. And I think that that sort of is the message that Hillary Clinton wants to send. It's not a very inspiring message. It's not one that's going to get those Bernie folks uh, outside the cage uh, all excited. But, you know, they're, what they're, I think they're hoping for is that um, those folks out there are not representative of the Democratic Party and the country at large that really ultimately Americans are going to be too spooked by Donald Trump. And it's interesting if you go to weeklystandard.com and you listen to the most recent podcast from Bill Crystal, he makes a similar point about the desire to paint up Trump as unaccepted. That, that that seems to be the working philosophy of the race. Trump's philosophy is no matter how much people don't like me, they want change so much that they'll swallow this bitter pill. Her philosophy is he's unacceptable and it doesn't matter what I do in the end, if I just keep reminding people of the stuff he's done, they won't vote for him. And so you've got these two negatives running against each other without a positive. One last thing about the Bernie speech on Monday that you just referenced. Nobody responded to his attacks on Trump. There was no, you're right. And, and look, my daughter is a crazy Bernieite who can't <laughs> vote for Hillary. She's like me on Trump. You know, we're both looking at each other, can't vote for our party's nominees. 
they don't want to hear that. And I think one of the reasons is they got the mentality of kind of, well, what's Trump ever done to us? We know what Hillary's done to us. We caught you red-handed. You cheated, or at least the DNC cheated in this race. You trashed our guy. You're part of the establishment we hate. You're Mrs. Wall Street. They've got all kinds of reasons to be annoyed with Hillary. Trump is just being Trump. I, I really wonder if Trump is going to have any influence on the Bernie voters at all either way. You know what I mean? I think they're going to make a kind of a holistic you know, a decision of, do, am I a Democrat? What, what do I want? I don't know I, that, that I, I, certainly from today, I didn't see any evidence that they care about Trump. Well, I think Trump recognizes that as well. And you heard that pitch in his uh, speech on Thursday night in Cleveland. He's sort of making a direct pitch to Bernie voters. I'm a little skeptical uh, of that simply because of the sort of hierarchy of, uh, of grievances within the sort of far left Bernie Sanders uh, wing of the party. Um, a lot of racial things that I don't think uh, Bernie Bernie fans are going to be able to stomach from Donald Trump. Uh, they, I think they view him as uh, sort of a bigot's bigot. And uh, that's going to be, I think, a big hump for them to get over. But you're absolutely right that the sort of appeal to, well, isn't he so terrible, um, is really kind of going over the heads or, or, or sort of, uh, you, they've got glazed eyes, these Trump supporters, uh, these Bernie supporters do uh, at appeals like that because this isn't about Trump. This is about the Democratic Party and uh, more importantly, sort of progressive cause that, that they view themselves as at the vanguard of. No, I agree. And that's what made the tough part for Hillary Clinton to mobilize them. If the, if, if, an enemy, if the enemy won't mobilize them, she's not certainly going to mobilize them as friends. So we'll see how that works out. I think the big thing to watch out for, uh, and last word for you, Michael, is Monday night speeches, these big time progressive leaders like Warren, like Bernie himself. If Tuesday morning we wake up and Bernie supporters are still really, really cranky, is that, that seems like bad news for Hillary Clinton. Yeah, I would actually be interested in seeing what happens Tuesday night when Bill Clinton uh, takes the stage. And uh, Bill Clinton, who's had uh, uh, some run-ins, I think, on the campaign trail with some of these Bernie folks, has sort of had some tough talk for them. If that is the case, that the next morning uh, we still see the rabble-rousers, uh, will Bill Clinton say something that could either, uh, you know, uh, uh, sort of dis- disperse the, the problem or rile them up even more? And I kind of can't wait for that. Me neither. Well, I was on the floor uh, or in the arena, I should say when the gavel came down waiting for the chance of we want Debbie we want Debbie it, it never arose but we did get lots of chance we want another Michael Warren podcast and so here we are live from Philadelphia and the Democratic National Convention stay tuned for daily updates in Philadelphia at weeklystandard.com I'm your host Michael Graham